everybody, and welcome back to the Talk Busy with Lizzie podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie, and today is the last, the final episode of the Foster Care series. Like I've said previously, I do hope to continue having doing interviews with people who have been in foster care or are involved in foster care because I don't think it just ends when a series ends. Um, we shouldn't just stop thinking about them um, and learning. So... That being said, I would like to continue to do that, but for now, this is the last of the series. Anyway, this is with a girl who does not want to be identified um, in any way through voice or through name or any descriptions, but she didn't want to share a story, so I'm going to respect her, respect that. Um, I am going to just relay to you what she said to me. So this is going to be a little bit of a different episode, especially because I didn't write any of this stuff down. This is all, um, it was a previously a voice memo that I am now just going to be speaking of what she said, if that makes sense. Um, so it might take some time to make this video, but I'm so excited, or this podcast episode, not video. Um, and I'm so excited to get it out to you guys. So without further ado, let's get into it. So at the time of the recording, this girl was 16 years old. She had been in and out of foster homes since the sixth grade. Um, she was born in Mexico and came to the U.S. Uh, her parents did not come with her, and she lived with her aunt. Um, but her aunt did not have the financial stability to actually be able to take care of her. So then she was put in foster homes. Like I said, she was in and out of those foster homes um, from sixth grade on. Uh, at the time of me talking to her, she was living with, or her legal guardian was her friend's mom, but in the, while I was talking to her, she said that it probably wouldn't be that way for long, and she'd probably be back in the system. Um, unfortunately, I have not caught up with her since then, so I don't know what the case is, but I would like to talk to her just to check in on her as a, just as a friend, um, so I would like to do that soon, but that being said, that is currently, that or that was the situation at the time that I interviewed her. So the next question that I asked her was what she wishes people knew about the system. And I really liked her answer because it's the whole reason that I make, that I'm making these episodes. Um, and she said that you will never know what it is truly like until you get it straight from the source, whether you're experiencing it or you talk to a kid who has experienced it. And she was saying that, for example, um, being taken out of a home at midnight and being told you have to leave or being in a group home or whatever other traumatic stories happen to the things that happen to these kids. Um, so that was what kind of what she was saying. And she was saying that it's okay to not know, um, everything, but to just ed start educating yourself. And that's exactly the reason that I'm making these episodes, why I'm interviewing these people so that I can come to an understanding and be educated on it. And so that you can too. So I really liked her answer for this one. I then asked her if she wanted to share some of the ways in which um, 
her trauma had manifested in her life now. And she decided to share that she was in therapy, which she was grateful for, but there was still a lot of ways that the trauma was still manifesting. And one of the, some of those ways I will explain through anxiety, depression, OCD, PTSD, eating disorders, um, through the fear of waking up and having to have her and her sister move to a group home or another foster home. Scared when a unknown caller calls her phone because she's not sure if that means she's going to be moved or not. Being not trusting people when she meets them because she's scared that they might abuse her. And she shared just some of these ways and it just broke my heart because there are things that I've never had to think about before. I've never had to think about getting when I get a call from an unknown caller, my first thought is never that my family and I are going to be separated, that my siblings and I are going to be taken from my parents, that I'm going to have to move. She also shared that she's, it's a constant fear that her and her sister are going to be separated from each other. I can't even imagine having the, that one person who's your constant that one person who you cling on to because you know them, that they're probably one of your closest friends, best friends even. The bond between siblings, especially in foster care, is so important. And yet, so often, those siblings are separated. And it's just, it's so sad. I asked her if she felt like there were any positives to the system, and she told me no. She said that she doesn't feel that way. <clears throat> a lot of her friends don't feel that way. Um, she said it's a very damaged system, which I think is the one thing that most people can agree on. But she knows it better than a lot of us. She knows the ins and outs of it. She knows what happens in it because she's experienced it. And that's another thing she was talking about um, earlier and now was about just not knowing what it's like until you're actually in it and that there's all these people who want to help but she feels like they're not helping in the right ways because of how damaged the system is and it's not their fault it's the system's fault um she said yeah there are some people who it's good like they got taken out of abusive home that's amazing that needed to happen but she thinks that that's a very very small percentage which I can understand from and that her her perspective it's been a really bad experience and for a lot a lot of kids like she said probably like majority it is a bad experience to be in the system like she said some it might be really good that they got out of abusive homes but those are the small percentage I then asked about any organizations that had helped her, and she said no big ones had helped her. The people who had helped her had been a part of her church. Um, anytime she had reached out to any of the bigger organizations, she, which, were to which said, contact us at any time, she either never got a response back or was told she was too young and that she had to have an adult um, advocate for her, which she 
couldn't always have an adult advocate for her and a lot of these kids in the system don't have someone to advocate for them and so they're trying to do it themselves and they can't and these big organizations are not helping them. I asked how the system could be improved and obviously there's so many ways um, but she shared how the system needs to be reaching out, branching out, getting resources and opportunities for these kids and also for their the foster families helping them be more well-equipped to foster um, so because of how damaging the system can be to kids um, and the environments, uh, emotionally, physically, all that stuff. And so she really wanted to emphasize the fact that there needs to be more resources and opportunities for these kids and also equipping and teaching and... Um, really just making sure these families are good for fostering. Because um, a lot of times these families aren't and they the system say, says that they look into it, but they really don't. I asked how everyday people could help. And she said, if you have the resources and the ability, please become a foster parent. Continue to educate yourself so that you can do that well. Um, and if you do decide to do that, create a home that is inviting, welcoming, um, safe, and not pressuring. Um, don't just, it's not just about, oh, handing all these things and then shove you to your room. No, it's about being welcoming, being helpful, um, asking them what they need, having open eyes to be there for them. Um, and that's another thing she said is if you can't do that, have open eyes to see those who are in need. Continue to educate yourself about the system so you can know um, about things so that you can help in the best way possible. Um, donate if you and resources that you have. Um, you know, whether that's to someone you know or if it's to a really good organization. And so that's kind of what she was talking about. I asked her what makes a good foster family and she shared with me a couple of different stories and she said that unfortunately she only had a few um, really good foster families that she was with um, but she shared about one story where she was taken from another foster home and placed in an emergency placement by herself so without her sister at one in the morning and the first thing the family, well, not the first thing, but one of the, one of the first things the family said to her is, would you like some alone time? And that really stuck with her and she really appreciated it because she was just so shaken up. She just wanted to be by herself, ha take a minute to regroup on her own. Um, and so that was really important to her. So she said just being aware of like these things that these kids might want that you might not think that they want necessarily, but also, and also just giving alone time. Um, she also shared about another foster family that they gave her a toothbrush, toothpaste, and, um, a bag for her clothes. And for them, that was the bare minimum, but for her, that was everything. It was what she needed. She also shared about, an, uh, <clears throat> about just being open to communication, whether that be that the, the foster kid does not want to talk or foster kid wants to talk a lot. Just be open to either one of those. And then, so those are some of the things that she shared. I asked her if there were any stories that she wanted to share. And she just really wanted to emphasize the point of 
education to people because it's not a prevalent enough issue in the U.S. It is a huge issue in the U.S. It is probably one of the biggest issues in the U.S., but it's not prevalent in the state, like, to people. It's not an issue that people tend to care about, tend to know a bunch about. And so she really wanted to emphasize that these kids in the system, including this girl, as she shared, are abused emotionally, mentally, physically, sexually, etc. And she's experienced all of that in multiple homes. And she's, in a matter of, like, a month, she's been in three different foster homes at some points. And what really just broke my heart while listening to her was her talk about how her social worker told her there was nothing she could do to help her. Um, and that when she was in a home with a man who was continuously abusing her sexually, nothing happened to that man. And her, her caseworker, her social worker told her, there's nothing I can do. And she had to stay in the home for even longer. And that just made, that just makes me angry. Like it makes me so mad. And so I'm sorry to anyone in the foster care system who's experiencing anything like that. I want to be here for you. I pray for you every day. Um, And I just really hope that these episodes can somehow help um, in education and in just making this more of a prevalent issue. This amazing girl is also Catholic. And she shared about how she went from being an atheist to Protestant to Catholic. And she just shared about how, yes, all this is really hard and it sucks and she hates it. But she is able to have focus because of her faith on the beauty of other things. Of finding beauty in things, finding love in her creator. She is loved by the creator. Um by God. And so that was just really, really cool to hear how as tough as all these situations are that she was sharing, she still has a focus because of her faith. I also wanted to share a story that she sent me um, that I did not, I, um, I didn't hear her say this, but after after um, after our interview, she sent me. She said she tried applying for a job and tried opening up a bank account, where she then learned that she was in debt over forty thousand dollars. She was confused since she's only or was only sixteen at the time. Turns out one of her foster parents had used her name for bills and etc., and now her credit is absolutely ruined. And it turns out that this is really, really common for kids in foster care. And just, it's so heartbreaking that these things happen. Um, Like, this girl, the rest of her life, her credit is ruined. She has to figure out how to fix that. Um, And it's just heartbreaking. And I, I hope that there are people that she's able to reach out to that can help her figure that out. And maybe by sharing this, someone on here will say, oh, I can help figure that out. That kind of thing. I don't know. This is why social media is good because we can share these things and 
people who know how to help can help. Um, and we can also be more educated on things. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Um, and for all of the foster care episodes that y'all listen to, um, this one was very eye-opening um, to me. I hope it was to you too. I f- hope this just makes you feel for kids who are in foster care and that if you can help, I hope that you are able to and that you can and that you do. So thank you guys again so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I'll see you guys for next week's episode, which is going to be the last episode for a little while. Um, and then we're going to come back at it stronger than ever. Anyways, hope you guys have a great rest of your week and God bless.